this feels like a perfect segue into talking about what was the current games now, the 2022 games uh, in, in, in arrears, I believe would be the right way to use that word. Can I have a... Oh, I'm so sorry. We may have already talked about this on this show. Okay. Um, and I really want to jump in because this is a perfect segue. Okay. But I have to know, like, if ice skating becomes, like, you know, if they allow for the artistic nature of that. Right. What do you think could be the first art form, like, the se- or sorry, the second art form from figure sitting that could, like, jump into the Olympics? Yeah. I mean, I feel like dance is, like, right there. It's right it's there. It's, like, just take really off point. the ice and it's dancing. <laughs> well, also, they just do dance. But because they're doing so much gliding across the right. ice, you realize at the end of the day, like, oh, you are still doing, like, way fewer steps than anyone doing a dance on solid dry ground would be doing, you know <laughs> what I mean? So, but I feel like dance is right there. And then any, if dance is in, then just, like, performance art in general is in. And if you're putting performance art in and you're not going to put in some of the, like, um, more visual arts, like, why like how now you're just like splitting hairs just put art back can i offer can may i offer may i put on the table that the difference between art Uh uh-huh or like sorry dancing and figure skating right now right as, as you described it in this moment of the dancing versus figure skating is the fact that they could slip easily (laughs) <laughs> They're gliding. The gliding, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, you know what I mean? Like 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 the slipping possibility adds to the athleticism of the art. A hundred percent. It's kind of like you're dancing in spite of like a bad weather day. Right. Can, so can <laughs> I offer that the next thing that we add to the Olympics is sculpting, but they have to have a slipping hazard while they sculpt. Oh my god. <laughs> Like, they're all out on, like, a patch of ice and then, like, sculpting, like, clay or marble or whatever. But there's, like, there is the hazard of slip. So that makes it athletic. And then, therefore, there's then, the bridge. And one of the, the things they have to get judged on is how slippery it is. <laughs> Just, like... Like, how many times did they fall? How yeah. much hazard of slip was present? We're giving him a 4.5 out of 10. Not 100%. that damn slippery. You know, like, just... Yeah, okay. There's a lot of potential there. Um, I don't know who's going to sponsor this, but, like, it sounds like X Games material, personally. I'm just saying, or or if you look at the difference between dance and gymnast floor routines is the big jumps, right? Yes. So can I just offer that people all get together and it's like a portrait painting contest okay. in the Olympics? Yeah. Um, but then also, like, every 10 minutes they have to do a big jump. Uh- <laughs> They have to do one really big jump every 10 minutes. <laughs> this also sounds like something that already exists on America's Got Talent. Like someone's already <laughs> done this. And they're like, no, no. You know, it's like the people that like do a painting, but it's upside down. Then they flip it over and it's like yes, Howie Mandel. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what I'm hearing is the precedent's always already there. Let's get it in. Let's get it in the Olympics. Uh, yeah, that was my biggest point. I know. Good. Okay. Um, you know what? That means, it. It came, that means it came across, um, which is the biggest the biggest uh, sign that I did a great job. Oh, wait. What's that? <laughs> Today in sports. <laughs> yes. This just in. The whole Winter Olympics. 
have happened <laughs> today. It's super over. It's a full 24 hours over. Or, well, I can't say that because of the time change. I don't actually know how many hours it's been since the ceremony wrapped. Stop doing math and 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 start doing some introspection on the biggest event of 2022. Maybe the Winter Olympics. Oh, God, I hope this is the most, like, the biggest deal of the year. I hope, I hope so, too. I hope the rest of the year is so boring. I hope not a single good movie comes out. I hope everything is just, like, stale and boring and easy. I feel like Omnicron was already a bigger deal than this Winter Olympics, but this is not a podcast about that. <laughs> so, beep, beep, beep. Today in sports... Let's talk about the highs, the lows, the losses, the loves, the cries, and the horniness that was the Winter Olympics 2022. What an excellent intro. Thank, Thank you. you. A gift. <laughs> a gift from across the, across the continent. So uh, what, did you, what did you watch? And it doesn't have to be a lot. I know that we're literally an Olympics podcast, but like, you're only a man. So like, what, did, what caught your eye? Because of the history portion, I did watch a decent amount of ice skating, predominantly mm-hmm. um, the women's competitions, uh, specifically. Um, right. Especially, but I feel like, honestly, with everything that went down this Olympics, that's what most people watch. So, uh, yeah, 100%. I, think I think it'll land. Um, I also watched a little bit of curling, specifically the, um, the bronze mm. medal tournament between the men's uh, curling teams for the U.S. and Canada. Canada did win. Um, but again, just struck by how the, so nice, such such nice, nice manners in that game the entire time. People are saying yeah. thank you. People were saying sorry to each other when they, <laughs> you know, gave each other bad curling directions or something, um, <laughs> which I adored. And you get to hear people doing curling just talk about their strategy out loud. Everyone yeah. is mic'd and you just listen to them talk about it. And it's... It's basically just like a geometry and physics class on ice taught by a bunch of guys that look like they're teachers. That I was going to say, I, I have a new love for curling. I know like everyone has like been in love with curling for a little bit because it's like, I don't know, like comical to be into it. Um, but there's something that I really latched onto this time, which was that it seems like One of the only sports, not the only, but one of the only sports where I saw bodies competing that kind of looked like mine. Like, there's, like, I was looking at specifically, like, this one U.S. guy that definitely looked like a substitute teacher dad. Um, And, like, he is in the peak performance shape for his sport. Like, if you think about it, right? He is at the Olympics. And he's got, like, you know, a dad belly like a pot belly and he's got his long hair and a mustache and he's got like this kind of body shape that I was looking at and I was like that dad body is like my dad body and I love it I could be at the Olympics papa and I was oh he 100% felt 100% 100% well and there was a couple from from Italy who competed and the girl in it like looks like my age looks very similar to me like long brown hair just happy to be at the olympics Mm -hmm. just 
hanging out and and is not just like covered in like every single muscle is like popping out you know um i will say the the canadian and men's teams that i watched just the palest people i've seen in a minute like so pale like truly translucent and i was like oh right they only are indoors yeah i was gonna say elizabeth where are they getting the sun sport inside yeah no they're not (laughs) they aren't and they did not they did not i i would put money on the fact that they did not get tans uh, fake tans before they came to the Olympics. What? But that's such a priority. Yeah, they I, I know. I know. I will say, <laughs> I, I will say of all the options, I think a lot about this with like, um, we talked a lot about beach volleyball right, during the yes. Summer Olympics. Like it sucks mm-hmm. that like there's so many conditions that you have to weather, pun intended. Yeah. But like yeah. one of them being mm-hmm. like a, a large portion of, of like your body maintenance for that sport is also skin cancer. Like making sure you're not fucking dying from skin cancer. So I will say if I had an option, I would definitely pick the one where like, I don't have to worry about the sand burning the shit out of my skin or skin cancer. A hundred percent. And there's always a beer afterwards. I assume. I I assume. Yeah. I mean, you saw the body once again. A happy body. A body that's like, I'm at the Olympics. I'm having a yeah. real experience. Uh, and I can't wait to get back to to my indoor sport at home after this with a medal. <laughs> I don't think you get into <laughs> curling. Like, if you think about it. Well, first off, I don't... I love curling because unlike all the other sports, I don't think you start when you're like nine. You know what I mean? Um, oh, no. Yeah, you don't have to, like, give your entire life yeah, away to Yeah, you curling. definitely start when you're, like, 30, and then there's someone who's like, hey, I'd love for you to come practice curling with me. And you're like, I don't know. And they're like, oh, I'll buy you a beer after. And you're like, okay. So I have a, okay. a stern yeah. belief that all people who do curling started because they were promised a beer if they would try. And it would get me. Bitch, it would get me. <laughs> I feel susceptible to this sport. Yeah, I watched curling, and it was... It was great, and I just loved how mannerly they were towards each other. It was really lovely. Um, and then I watched a little bit of, like, um, I tried to hit, like, all the major events. There are only seven sports in uh, the Winter oh my Olympics God. compared to 33 sports in the Summer Olympics. That's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, what you're just seeing and why it takes so long is because, one, curling games go almost three hours, first of all. Yeah. If, if you know, I tried to watch the whole game between <laughs> no, no. the U.S. No, and no, Canada no, no, no. and I couldn't. Um, but because they also have just so many, again, rounds and variations like men's skiing, yeah. uh, men's freestyle skiing, mm-hmm. uh, men's slaloms. And it's just and then you got women's and then you've got uh, mixed teams. And then you got like do it with your eyes closed, and then you got like do it backwards, and then you like do it while right, drunk. Like, do it, you're already injured. Yeah, and then yeah. like do it while you're sleeping. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> and they never air those, and I don't know I agree, why. It's fucking bullshit. It is. It really is. <laughs> Put it in um, the bucket of the IOC. But, yeah. Put it in the bucket. <laughs> Lay it on the altar of things you hate about the IOC. Fucking, I will. Um. Good. Good. What did you watch from the game? I watched. And this is by sheer, like, happenstance of, like, when I was able to watch the Olympics and, like, what was happening. As we've discussed previously, like, it is always kind of weird based on, like, what time you're awake and also we're in the U.S. And, like, uh-huh. 
what's happening or what's being aired. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I watched a lot of, oh, no, I think I'm going to fuck up the. It's not Bob sledding. It's not sledding. It's the one where they have, like, that big, like, it almost looks like a tiny little car, like, Formula One thing that they slide into. And yeah. they, like, you know, push it and then they jump in and they, like, do a little course on it. I think it's, isn't it part of, like, bobsledding, it's though? It's part of And it. it's just a specific event? Because, like, I watched some of the mono bob. Mono, that's what it's, I think it's called mono sledding. Is that just sing, singular people? Yes. Uh, yeah. In those? Okay. Yeah. I think I watched some of that as well. Um, some U.S. ladies that really Yes. Crush. So I watched um, the single woman's and then I watched the double woman's. Um, and there was an interesting thing that happened at this Olympics where there was quite a few people who were competing for nationalities that they didn't necessarily previously competed for. So there was yep. a woman mm-hmm. who was Canadian in the mono sledding who um, competed for the U.S. Um, because yes. she had married her partner who was, a, and she just had problems with the, um, the Canadian uh, coaching team, actually. And then we know that there was, like, two competitors from the U.S. who competed for China because of, uh, like, Uh parental immigration, Um, which, of course, the U.S. decided to be, like, super racist against. Of course, the internet was like, now we hate you, and we're going to be super racist about it. Right. Because we love to be on brand. Um, But I watched a lot of that. Don't tempt (laughs) us with a good time. Amen, brother. Um, (laughs) And, uh... So I watched a lot of that, and it was really, it was really lovely. The woman, the Canadian woman, fucking slayed, um, who competed for the U.S. and then sled. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was like right there. I'm sorry. No, 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 that was really. Uh, uh, I'm not usually one for puns, but that got me. That got me. Um, sorry, she slayed. Um. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah, worth it. Uh, which was fantastic. <laughs> um, the thing that I thought a lot about, I will say, so I, I watched a lot of that. I watched um, some skiing. I watched some snowboarding. Um, and then I watched a lot of figure skating. And there okay. was something that kind of bubbled up to my attention this time, which was uh, the most popular sport to watch in the Winter Olympics is figure skating. And the most mm-hmm. popular sport to watch in the... Um, Summer Olympics is swimming, I mean, slash gymnastics. Um, But we are known, this podcast knows that uh, we fucking hate swimming. And I do. (laughs) I fucking hate swimming. Uh, and I never actually ascribed oh, to that. I just so sorry. supportive of you feeling that I'm way. I'm so sorry. I really, yeah, took your spot on I, that. I'm sure the fact that I supported you already, like, the swimming community is like, I actually, one of the comments I've gotten about this podcast is a friend of mine who um, swam in college <laughs> and I think actually was like very good, like had some like Olympic dreams, but like just didn't end up really pursuing them. She's like, uh, yeah, I actually really wanted to like it. And then you guys immediately said that you don't like swimming. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll no, say it. Audience. There's not a single bone in my body that thought that anyone listening to this podcast will would have done a single sport. Uh, oh, yeah. I assumed <laughs> knowing the people that we have our hooks in to like actually tune in and listen. Yeah. Those aren't sports. A hundred percent not. <laughs> um, this is some artists making it for I'll their say it. for their other artists. Sorry, friends. not sorry. 
Because I what I was going to say was that, okay, I won't speak for this ball. I don't give two shits about swimming. And it's like a real big part of the Summer Olympics in terms of like viewage numbers and, and um, media coverage. Um, but I would say the equivalent in the Winter Olympics is figure skating. Like there's a lot of media coverage and um, people talking and watching figure skating. And I was like, man, but I really like figure skating. Yeah. And I was like thinking about the difference in between those. And it's like figure skating does have drama to it. Um, it does yes. have what audiences love, which is the possibility of a narrative. Like I feel like in swimming, they try to force a narrative in which like swimmers against each other. But like right. you can only force a narrative through like commentary. It doesn't exist naturally. Where in figure skating, it totally does because there is a quote unquote artistic tinge to it. Um, so I love figure skating. I love being able to watch um, like yeah, kind of more artistic uh, and like passionate thing. And also, this sounds so silly, but swimming is one thing, right? You're watching someone do one stroke for a period of time and it's mostly unseen because it's underwater. Figure skating (laughs) is not unseen or underwater. So I'll say that to your friend. Pick a sport that people can can see. Pick a sport people can see, okay? Well, and we can see more of swimming now than ever before because of technology. And that technology isn't even like... No one looks good under there. No. First of also, all. once again, it's not and interesting. Then, and then, <laughs> right, it's right. This. Because you're just like, it's only interesting, like, the couple times that I've watched and someone's, like, goggles have, like, filled up with water and then they can't see to hit the turn correctly. Or, like, their swim cap, something goes wrong. But, I mean, then you're just hoping for something to go wrong for there to be drama. But you know in what ice I mean? skating, can't be just people throw other people fucking four feet into the air. Now, if swimming had that, I will say I do think I do think synchronized swimming is way better than like the freestyle. I I I, yeah. I do love the dramatics of that. The kind of swimming that I feel like is for you yeah. is water polo. So much drama. It's also though a full body contact sport, yeah. and that is an opportunity where they have put cameras underwater yes. to film people playing water. Their polo. little feet, and it is yeah but it's also people yanking each other's swimsuits and giving each other wedges <laughs> and that really feels on Wait, brand are you serious you. i'll say 100%. also i love that my brand is watching people get wedgies which but is it not no it is elizabeth but i really have to re-examine that about myself and <laughs> that it's like clockable the other thing i was gonna say which yeah. seems even weirder now was like i love water polo because all those bitches be gay so it's like do i <laughs> do i just like watching gay bitches get wedgied that's a weird i'll say it it's a weird kink <laughs> you heard it here you heard it here first you heard it, you here heard it discovered first here yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah welcome now to uh, post Bernadette, whoever whoever they will become <laughs> in this new uh, this new era, where they're very into water polo. So on the subject of figure skating, I think we have to hop into what is the most important, uh, the messiest, and the like most narrative and drama filled section of this 2022 games. And also I will say winter games for a long time, which is the drama surrounding uh, the women's figure skating. Yeah. 
I would say even more specifically, like the um, the athletes from Russia, from Russia, the Russian Olympic 100%. Committee. Yes. The, uh, who, again, as a friendly reminder, Russia is not allowed to compete in these Olympics still because of past doping scandals. Wait. That is why Russia is not competing. Yes. So that's why they are still sending the Russian Olympic Committee in. Right. Uh, they are athletes from Russia, but they are not Russia. So these medals do not count towards Russia's overall medal goal. They count towards this separate <laughs> little group, which is honestly like the biggest silliest thing you've ever heard because you know that russia as a country is like but they're like there are people there are medals like but it's to it's to not penalize the athletes and then they got suspended and so there's the roc ric and then uh then they're caught doping again and then she's allowed to compete yes yes so that's why this became an even bigger i feel like dramatic tale is because the reason that Russia's not even there is because of doping and their athletes that are not supposed to be representing Russia are still turning up dirty drug tests um, for illegal substances um, and performance enhancing drugs. Uh, so honestly, though, I will be honest, not surprised. Oh, if it was going no to be one. anyone, it was going to be uh, the, the Russian Olympic Committee. Um, yeah. Because they also care about figure skating so damn so much. much. So, um, so much. I would love to do a very brief synopsis of what happened in case someone hadn't watched it. Please. Um, yes, which, like, yes. is totally fair. Um, so, yes, the uh, Russia is not technically allowed to compete under their own flag. However, there's like this adjunct. Mm-hmm group of people who are competing for russia who are russian <laughs> adjunct is so good <laughs> um, that are it's just like it's just like fake uh, the only thing that allows them like any distance is that the quote unquote amount of medals that they gain do not go to russia as a country's count which like who gives a fuck um the thing that i want to get just kind of ahead of the ball is um there's a woman who is 15, sorry, a child who is 15. Truly a child. Who yeah, yeah. Uh, tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. Her name is Karina? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam- Cam- Camilla. Uh, Camilla. I'm so sorry. Cam- or Camilla. Camilla. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, Camilla uh, tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. She was the front runner uh, because she had uh, won many previous titles uh mm-hmm. she had uh she was just like the people everyone person everyone was looking towards when they came into the olympics um yeah, yeah. she tested positive for, for performance enhancing drugs there was a question on if she was going to be banned and then of course fuckers the ioc technically allowed her to compete and their compromise was that if she placed a medal they wouldn't have the medal ceremony which is Oh, there's a tweet from Shikari Richardson, and we've talked at length about Shikari Richardson in a previous episode. Yes. Which is just yes. like, tell me the difference between her and me. And like, because the only thing I'm seeing is that I'm black. And obviously, yes. yeah. obviously, right. that's the thing. And the thing I want to point out also is that Shikari Richardson attested positive for weed, not a performance right. en- uh, enhancing drug. Something that shouldn't like interact with her running ability at all and yet well it shouldn't enhance it 
at the at the very very least like and we like you said we talked about this ad nauseum weed as a performance enhancing drug is so strange to me it doesn't really make sense if anything you'd want to get as many weed brownies into the hands of your competitors as possible before an event uh to to fuck with them and shikari richardson was not uh, actually like allowed to compete as part of the u.s team in the summer olympics that we just had um meanwhile we've got this 15 year old uh kiddo from russia competing uh and the drug test that they found that came back dirty was from december of this past year so they like it's been a while either under under wraps or just not clearly communicated whatever reason yeah they still allow her um camila she's still allowed to compete and there was um the the court of arbitration for sport which what were the people basically who got to weigh in and say whether or not she could compete um said that not allowing her to compete would cause her irreparable harm in these circumstances which is is really really nonsense especially because like she's very young she could definitely come back yes. and continue to compete but who knows if she would have been allowed to if she'd been ruled like, oh, you have a dirty drug test. Maybe you or can't also come back. you don't, don't know. right? Or also you just don't compete right. because you had a dirty drug yeah. test, and that is the thing that exists, right? With Shikari Richardson, right? Like, like if you're going to just like decide that there is drug bans, then like then there's right. drug bans. You don't get to say like, okay, mm-hmm. well you can compete and have fame and do your little job, but then like, right. we're just not going to televise you getting. What the fuck is that? That's nothing. That's nothing. A lot of the, like, um, consequences that continue to be handed down, especially to Russia and their athletes, feel like a slap on the wrist. Yes. Um, at most. Uh, like, not having your medals televised and having to compete as the Russian Olympic Committee, not Russia, your country. Um, and all the stuff that goes along with that, like not being able to wear your country's colors and all that, that garbage. Um, but I also heard that her um, being allowed to compete, they were easier on her because she's a minor. Yes. Um, they did not really enforce the same rules that they would have if she had been an adult. And I do think that kind of says something, again, about the fact that a lot of these doping programs are state-run. Yes. And so she is a 15-year-old kid mm-hmm. being influenced by adults who are part of that program into taking drugs yeah. to be better at this sport. But the thing I want to point out is that then they try to figure out how the minor can still compete, which I get. But not punish the coach, right? Who's under investigation. Totally. Not punish the adults that would be in charge and understanding and knowing about this, if not giving her the actual performance-enhancing drugs. Um, They would be at least as culpable as her, if not more more. because she's Yeah, 100%. I agree. So, okay. I agree. To continue the the recap, Camilla um, was the front runner. She has this drug scandal. Obviously embroiled in bullshit. Also, as we have stated on this podcast, the IOC is fucking bullshit. Um, They really love saying things um, and not doing a damn thing, as we've seen with, like, everything from the sexual assault scandals of 
the gymnastics um, competition to, like, mm-hmm. yeah, Russia doping. Um, so then Russia overall is, like, a front runner in figure skating. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexandria, they all have the same coach. Anna, Alexandria, and Camilla all have the same coach. Um, she's like this, like very, she looks like exactly how you would think. She's like this very stern looking Russian woman with giant curly blonde hair. Um, so they all have the same coach and, uh, Alexandria or sorry, Anna, um, skates. She skates and gets a very high score. Um, she's the Mm -hmm. front runner for gold. And then, uh, Alexandria skates, uh, sorry, Alexandria skates first. She's the front runner for gold. Uh, then Anna skates and she subsedes her into gold. Um, they're on the same, sorry, ROC, Russian Olympic Committee team. Right. And then right. Kaori skates. Uh, she is from Japan. She uh, places for bronze. And then uh, Camila skates and she doesn't place, even though she was expected to take gold. The yep, yep. She falls so many times. She falls so much. So many times. She's like really it's messy. Really intense to watch. Yeah, it's really hard. And yeah. then comes the fucking craziest thing you've ever watched. So to repeat, the standings are Anna from Russia is gold first. Alexandria from Russia is second, silver. And then Kaori mm-hmm. from Japan is bronze. Um... Ka- uh, Camila, who doesn't place but had the doping scandal, comes off the ice and is already sobbing because she knows that she like super failed. So Camila comes off the ice. She is sobbing, um, and she's approached by her coach immediately, uh, whose name is Eteri Tuteberidze. Sorry. So I'm gonna call her Eteri. <laughs> <laughs> um. We're not sure that she's not a bad guy, so we're not yeah. gonna say we're not gonna, not gonna say, say it right. Yeah, sorry. As, as principal, um, she's approached by a, um, a Terry, her coach, and is immediately berated. And reminder: all of these girls are like fifteen. She's immediately berated by her coach, saying like, "You fucking gave up. You like piece of shit. You gave up. Why didn't you try? Why didn't you do it? Right." Um, this girl then starts once again bawling. She was the last skater. Um, Camila was the last skater. So that means that we now know who has placed for gold, silver, bronze. Yeah. Then yeah. it follows Camila into like the back section. And uh, mm-hmm. we see Alexandria, who has taken silver now. And she is, and like. Mm-hmm. It's told by, like, the media. They describe it as a tantrum. I think that's kind of sexist. I think she's having a an emotional moment, a breakdown, right? Um, 100%. Yes. A, on the world stage, under pressure that truly mm-hmm. none of us have ever experienced at no. that level. And under a um, ice skating program where that kind of pressure results in immediately being berated in front of cameras as a 15 year old coming off the ice because you couldn't handle the pressure of skating as while well, part of a doping right. scandal that you were not that prepared, you were prepared to, handle. to handle and like, that has tinged yeah. your journey to meddling right 
because yes, and your reputation yes. as a fifteen-year-old. Like now, that's who you because are. Because Anna the rest of your and career, Alexandria are under scrutiny because their coach was uh, coaching um, Camila, who tested positive. Right, so like they're under the shadow of yeah. this doping scandal, and then Alexandria is heard saying, like obviously in Russian. And she is like, you can see her and I feel so, it's so hard to watch because she's clearly having a genuine yeah. panic attack where her whole body is shaking. Yeah. Um, and she's saying things yeah. like, I never want to skate again. I will never be back on that ice. I can't believe it. And then she says yeah. specifically the most important, the interesting things to me, which is it was my turn, right? Implying that like, um, it was her quote unquote turn to get gold and that quote-unquote you knew everything you knew everything how could you you knew everything i did not hear that she had said that i had heard stuff like i won't accept it like i can't see this like i um but nothing yes that's so and then you see her like people are trying to put their hands on her from her russian like coaching team and you see her like flinching and like falling away and it's like so visceral and horrific and the, the reason yeah. I want to point out those verbiages is because, one, it was my turn, implies that this, like, narrative that Russian coaching tells their skaters, which is that if it is not gold, it is not, it, it is nothing, right? That silver is nothing. Yeah. Bronze is yeah. nothing. That you are gold or you are nothing. And then, two, that... Yeah. She is, she feels betrayed that they all knew about this doping scandal and that it was going to shadow her and that they were going to pull focus from her coaching and that she feels abandoned. And to continue the thread of abandonment, I want to, I want to repaint this picture (laughs) that all the coaches are surrounding Camila, who has not placed, then Alec. Who's losing who's it? Losing Camila, it. Yep. who is placed for silver, is losing it, and and like not getting like the attention at all. And then the most heartbreaking is poor Anna. Anna has placed for gold. She is of the ROC, and she they cut to her, and you can watch this live broadcast. It's so heartbreaking. She yeah. is completely alone there is not a single figure of her coaching yeah. team that's around her to celebrate this gold yeah when i i heard um someone had compared it to like the look on her face wasn't i just finally won an olympic gold i've worked so hard for this it was like oh i just lost my best friend like which is devastating because these girls are i mean from what we know of even just our own training programs around figure skating you create really tight bonds with your teammates. Those are the only people you're spending time with that are your age, like, because your whole life is the sport. So, I mean, it was, it was a hundred percent. And, and I, yeah, I don't ever want to watch it again. Like I'm, I'm like glad that I saw it (laughs) kind of like, not really glad. Isn't really the word, but I, I wanted to also bring up before we, you know, dive any deeper into this. NBC's decision to broadcast some of these oh my God, children yeah. having emotional breakdowns and then stream yeah. it across the globe is is yes. kind of fucked up. Like they're going, you know, behind curtains where like no one in the stadium can yeah. see these girls, but that camera's back there, and because the camera's back there, yes. the world can see it. And it's people having like potentially some of the worst moments mm-hmm. of their lives, like because they have been put under such immense pressure as yeah. children to 
use illegal substances, practice and give your entire life to this. Like this is who they are and it's not turning out the way that they were told it needed to. Um, and, and these cameras are just following. And they, I mean, as Camila's having her breakdown, there is a camera here and yes. a coach here. And she's just in the middle with her mask on. All you can see is her makeup, like, streaming down her face with her mask. Oh and 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 they're, um, Johnny Weir was um, commentating for the, that final, um, who's, like, a, a figure skating legend in the U.S. He knows Russian you know, nicely enough and was able to like live yeah. translate what she was saying. So there wasn't even the the distance of, oh, I don't know Russian, so oh, I don't yeah. know like what she's saying. There's somebody live translating it for you and you're like, oh, God, yeah. So I don't know. It, it was it was pretty messed up on a couple levels and I only feel for those yeah. girls. Like that's so unfortunate. Every the way point that I cried was when they cut they cut to Anna who's sitting by herself. She has one gold. She is Mm-hmm. distraught is um Kaori yeah. from Japan who is one bronze is sitting on the couch next to her yeah um, because they're like waiting for Alexandria to come over for the silver like so that they can all get their medals and Kaori like who's clearly just like she's honestly seems to be having a good time she like goes over yes, yes. which I love for her I'm like great Thank somebody God someone. needs to because this is supposed to be a big yes. fucking deal she goes over and she hugs Anna because she sees that, like, no one's there to congratulate her for winning gold. Yeah. And she, like, goes over and she, like, hugs her to, and is like, congratulations. And I, like, cried. I was like, that is not that other girl's job. Like, I, I think it's cute. But, like, she just saw a girl and then the ne- and then they cut away. They go back to Camila. And then they come back to Anna. And Anna, oh, God. She is crouching on the side of the couch that she was sitting on and she's tucking her face behind the couch because of how bad she's crying and she doesn't want to be seen yeah and like all of the coaches are surrounding camila who apparently is some golden child right right? and they're so upset that she like failed after because of course a 15 year old failed after going through a a drug scandal like you know what i mean absolutely on the national international stage fucking of course i uh Right. Uh, no, it should be no surprise that all of these kids had yeah. a hard time bearing up under just normal Olympic pressure, let alone the amount of pressure that was clearly yeah. coming from the coaching staff. Uh, and I, I don't want to, like, theorize too much, but the whole it was my turn feels like it, it could be so much more nefarious. Like were other girls doing a poorer job intentionally because it was Camila's turn to win. And then she didn't. And now everyone's in trouble because you weren't supposed to even play school. So curious. And you weren't supposed to even, you know, even place like how highly orchestrated is this whole thing? I don't know, but there's so much going on there that just seems like it is not at the best interest of any of these girls. And I wouldn't put it past Russia. Who's doing this shit? And so I wouldn't either. They clearly are willing to like coach people to take illegal substances that ought to disqualify them. They're willing to have that person's career be ruined for the glory of the country, which is fucked up. I think this is a great segue. I would love to dive into what is a callback to you talking about the art of figure skating, which is the scoring of figure skating. And the difference in between um, Anna and Alexandria's scores was what they title 
as program components is a scoring um, mm-hmm. that happens with figure skating. And their program component scoring is what led to um, Anna eventually scoring higher than Alexandria. And um, mm-hmm. it is an artistic scoring component. So I would love to dig into it. And I think it is a great segue also into con- like talking about like how old should figure skaters be? Yes, because we've talked about how individual sports get to decide how young or even how old you can be um, in, and still be allowed to compete. Like boxing, I think you can't be older than 40. Thank God. Uh, for, for, for health reasons, I'm sure. And then figure skating, it's, it's teens and it's young teens that can Yeah, 15 compete. is currently the age It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, I will say the uh, one of the uh, first stars in early figure skating, whose name I did not write down, competed at the age of 11. <gasps> so just for reference, it's actually an older age than it used to be. But um, obviously that was before so much of what we know now about children, how they grow, how they develop their brains, their right. emotions, what they can handle and not So we handle. set 15 because we were like, how old? How developed. Exactly. And we're like, well, you know, we don't want them to be ancient. And we're like, is 16 ancient? Yes. Okay. It's dead. So 15 is the oh. <laughs> period. It's dead. Uh, yeah. So I would love to talk about how figure skating is judged real quick. So the way, and this is not coming from a lifelong skating connoisseur. This is coming from someone who's like understanding it quick and dirty. Um, But what I can give you right now is that um, most of the figure skating is scored under two sections, the quote-unquote technical score and the quote-unquote program components. Now, the technical score is um, all of those giant leaps of athleticism that we talk about. So all of the axles, all of the turns, all the jumps, all the throws, all of the very, like, specialty... um, foot like actually that's a different part um all the very specialty um ways in which people like take air off the ice um is all Mm -hmm. technical score and that is the majority of how people get points now i want to point out that this is kind of the bad part about current figure skating um You know, you look at other sports, which is coming, like, when you are able to hack the point system in favor of a very specific technique, other things start Mm -hmm. to fall by the wayside. And we see that, as I pointed out, in Quidditch. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But you also see that, like, uh, there's some criticism about uh, modern NBA or modern basketball uh, that it's become Uh about the three-pointer. Um, rather than, like, one-on-one and, um, like, the technique closer to the hoop or in the red zone. Um, sorry, in the paint. <laughs> Mixing up my sport and allergies. What can I say? <laughs> I'm such it's a okay. sport we're mommy. Literally using, we're using Quidditch, a fake sport, to understand basketball, a real sport. So that's, that's why you trust us. And 100%. Our and our facts. So the technical score is, um the thing that gets people most of their points. And you see a lot of those axles are what is getting people 
the placing of first or second. So um, when you look at men's figure skating, uh, Chen um, got gold. Um, And I don't know if anyone, Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen Chen skate at the Olympics, I highly recommend looking up a video of him because uh, he's described as kind of like the Michael Jordan or like the top of the game when it comes to figure skating in the men's arena. Um, Sure. Yep. And it's absolutely delightful. Uh, He's got everything Mm -hmm. that leads to a good score in figure skating. I'll say his big win uh, for gold, his, um, the pieces of music he used were all Elton John. I know. Which love Elton John. Um, And he was doing Rocket Man and clearly just like having so much fun and then got an insane score. I think it like over 300 points. Yeah. On the whole program, which is insane. So just had to throw that in there because it was, it was delightful to watch. Um, But he landed uh, four quads four quadruple axles. And another person who landed four quadruple axles is Alexandria, who got silver in Mm. the woman's individual. And if you think about muscle mass when it comes to AFAB or AMAB, um, which means assigned female at birth or assigned male at birth, I have a hard time figuring out how to keep in line with the gendered Olympics. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, completely. Like, because a lot of it, I want to acknowledge that the fact that, like, the women, quote-unquote women in, uh, women individual, it's actually much harder, um, for a lot of them to nail the same moves that people in, uh, men's individual are nailing because of how, um, assigned female at birth individuals, uh, amass muscle mass, um, but I also want to be conscious of the conversation of, like, how we gender those people, especially because, um, you know, I, I hope that one day there we'll be having, you know, a lot of trans individuals in the Olympics. <laughs> one day, oh, a man can hope. Awesome. Absolutely. No, that'd be incredible. And I think uh, <laughs> it's also awkward when they're like, and then events where men and women are competing are called mixed events. And I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> like... Just every word you choose to describe this is like kind of like at least tr- you know trail mix. A hundred percent. Ooh, you know, yeah. Snacky, like it's just yeah. I, I get it, and I appreciate you walking us through the finer points of that because it can get a little like tough for people that don't fall into those buckets. Yeah. of gender. A hundred. So. <laughs> I like bucket of gender as um, a gender like- bucket. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> oh, God. I, yes. Instead of, like, femme or assigned female at birth or, like, woman. What bucket I are like, you? What bucket are you? What's going on? What bucket what are you What bucket in? do you swim in? And, and, like, and, ooh. and my bucket is the scraps bucket. You know, when you're, make, <laughs> when you're doing a project and there's yeah. all the materials you use and then you throw yeah. your extra unused materials in an extra bucket. My gender, yes, is, yes. My gender is the scraps bucket. <laughs> And mine is a spittoon. Ooh. So Ooh. Elizabeth, that can mean anything. <laughs> just means it just means my gender's dirty. Like, it ain't not. It ain't not. Well, slimy. <laughs> um so I wanted to point out the difference between the technical score and the program components. 
And I know we're taking time here, but I was so excited to like kind of dive into these and like learn more because it taught me a lot about why there is so much scandal in the world of figure skating. So technical is all of these big jumps of feet. And then the secondary score is program components. And program components is made up of five components. One, skating skills. This is just quality edge control and flow. Um, Like speed specifically is like a big one, which I never really thought about. Um, Sure. And like what they, what they title effortless power, which like also fuck off. (laughs) Um, So skating skills is one. Transitions is two. So the intricate foot footwork or positions that go in between the big elements so like instead of just like axle 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 and then it being like messy in between sure the transitions of actually like what leads to each big moment okay performance which is just like the emotional um connection to the choreography which i love because once again artistic so artistic and obviously into that bucket also falls just like how sexy are these couples (laughs) do i buy that they want to do each other and if the answer is yes better better score big score i assume i assume hopefully there's no jealousy my acting was scored on how much it looks like i want to fuck my (laughs) co-star i know that sounds weird and problematic (laughs) but i just feel like that's an interesting uh you know I guess that's chemistry. What am I talking about? So we got skating skills, tra- <laughs> uh, transitions, performance, and then composition. Um, and composition is just like, this is, we're getting a little abstract. Um, principles of proportion, unity, space, pattern, structure, and phrasing. So we're getting a, that's like, I feel like a little, a little fake point for what used to be about figure skating. You know what I mean? Yes. Like not like an homage. An homage. It's not about what you carve, but it's about like, did you make pretty, did you make pretty big space pattern? Then little, little point. I, I really hope that when people fall, they're like, oh, sorry, I phrased that weird. You know what I mean? Like, like that's how they talk about it. Like, and I will be adopting that fully when I <laughs> inevitably trip again in the next, you know, day, next five minutes probably. Yeah. Next time I do it, I'm gonna say I'm so sorry I phrased that. Weird. <laughs> I'm gonna try that again. Like I'm, everyone's welcome to join me. I love it. I love it. Uh, so that was composition. And the last one, so we have skating skills, transitions, performance, composition. And the last one is interpretation of music, um, which mm-hmm. means the uh, personal and creative transition to the music of the movement on ice. So just like, are you matched with your song? Do you have a connection to the song? Is it actually sure. like on the beat? Um, just general things like that. So I want to put it. that out because um, Alexandria scored higher than Anna in the technical score. Um, okay. so, so Alexandra, who had silver and had the melt, quote unquote, meltdown, sorry, uh, panic attack. Right. Um, right. Scored higher in the technical score because she landed more uh, quads than Anna did. Okay. Uh, Anna was really close. She was not far behind. But uh, so more jumps, more big movements. And then 
AMS scored slightly higher in the program components. So, mm. of this gang skills, transition, performance, composition, interpretation of music. Uh, not a lot, but enough, I think, that the overall was four points that she scored higher to gain gold. Dang. Um, That's a very slim margin. It's so at the end slim. Of the day. Because a lot of people are, I would say, like 20 to 30 points separate. So, four oh. is a huge deal. Um, Dang, yeah. Yeah. So I will want to, I do want to say like, there's a little nod to the fact that like, the art of it all matters. Right. And. But it's still not a very large portion of their overall score, which is very, very interesting still. I do want to give, and once again, I'm not like storied in the history of figure skating, but there, I read a lot of criticism. I tried to get you there. No, I'm so sorry. I'm very smart on the history of figure skating. I I just mean, I haven't watched it since I was a child. But I'm like, I'm edumacated. You know what I mean? I feel like you're pretty pretty well schooled in it. I went to grad school in figure skating. Let's go, bitch. This is what being homeschooled's like. Right here. Right here. Giving you a little taste. And I'm so sorry I undervalued that. Um, Now that I've fully derailed you, what were you saying? I was saying, um... It's been talked a lot about how actually all the Russian skaters were not very good at their program components by like people like comment, like commentators and also previous skaters have mentioned that like they think that they were overscored in that section because Russia really focuses on technical score on the jumps and they land the jumps Mm -hmm. and they're really great at jumps um, and all the axles. But that their dancing and their music connection is really chunky. And I think you can watch that. Like when you watch um, Chen, who won gold in the men's individual dance, he has such an emotional connection to the music. It's really fun. You watch him having fun with the music. He dances. It's really great. There's like a rap breakdown. It's so cute. (laughs) And the Russian skaters, like... Absolutely not, right? They look afraid yeah. for their lives, to be quite honest. Right, and, right. like, really interested in landing those jumps. And mm. it's interesting to think about how that subjective te- um, program component has been maybe manipulated to be not only subjective, but, like, bias. And some previous mm-hmm. skaters have mentioned that, like, that program component, that dance score is maybe not being utilized to actually look at their relationship with movement and choreography and music, but rather um, a subjective portion to connect to their previous work. So, for instance, the idea that Anna, like, these Russian girls were really good skating in, like, the national competitions and, like, really good in, like, their, whether it be warm-ups or, like, there's the short section. I don't remember what it's called. Like, the short moment. Yeah. They have have a bunch of events that they skate, even as just individuals. Like, the short program and then... The short program. um, Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And so the idea that, like, they're adjusting accordingly in this subjective section to, like, navigate what they feel Mm. like should be um, rewarded rather than what they're actually seeing. And obviously this is all speculation. But I found it so interesting because... 
it does kind of talk about like the messiness that could happen with arts in the Olympics is like looking at previous work, looking at vibe, looking at what do you navigate um, yeah. as important or what your your cultural history is. Sure, sure. Well, and I guess um, just from past episodes, I'm interested, and I haven't done any research on this, but now I want to, uh, the makeup of the judges for these events. Right. And if there uh, was any kind of, you know, stacking of judges, I know it would obviously potentially be, like, more judges from China for these Beijing games that might have been pulled in based off of what we've seen in the past with... Um, you know, the U.S. stacking the judges yeah. for events and then Germany doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility that that has also happened for these games. Can I give you my pitch on why, yes. after everything I just said, the uh, figure skating should go more artistic than, uh, and start cutting... Um, start first making uh, the age limit way later, 18 to 20, and also cutting out the ability to do a certain amount of athletic feats. I know that, like, kind of yes, uh, yes, undermines sure. the point. No, I, I'm, I'm interested in those things. Uh, I'll just throw in: we do have ice dancing that exists, yes. which is almost yes. a better. Uh, maybe fit for what you're saying, at least in terms of the focus on artistic step over. That's just true. Like, oh, and then you jumped six feet in the air and did a backflip. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, but pitch me. Please. Okay. So here's my pitch about. So the way that like this scandal unfolded showcases like how young and malleable these women are. Right. They're all mm-hmm. fucking like 15. And if you think about how long it takes to get into the shape of a routine where you're at the Olympic level at a 15 year old, you're practicing many years at that same level uh, before the Olympics. So you're looking at like 11 year olds and 10 year olds doing this kind of shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why it's so toxic specifically in the women's individual category is because of how uh, different hormones gain muscle mass. So mm-hmm. men have a really, quote unquote, you know, so I'm male at birth, have a really easy time of gaining muscle mass. Mm-hmm. It's just like mm-hmm. actually really easily built into their hormones to gain muscle mass and lose fat. Um, people who are saying women at birth or who have like a lot of estrogen in their body, it's, it's a lot harder to gain muscle mass. Mm. In terms of the ratio of fat. Um, because those bodies are built in a hormonal way to, like, carry children, right? Sure, yeah. Um, which is why you see such young skaters. Because the point is that you want to have as much muscle to as little fat as possible. So that's why it's such a big deal. And why these young girls are freaking out when they're, like, 15. Is because by the time that they were, like, 18 or 20... Their body has hit puberty and changes and has a different fat to muscle ratio. And it's a lot Mm -hmm. harder to get in the air and do as many turns as it takes to score high in these competitions. Sure, sure. Um, 
So I think what would change a lot by like saying that the like age range is 18 to 20 is you would be getting kids that are post puberty and you would be getting, um, and it would just kind of change the game. Whereas like, okay, the conversation is not, can you navigate a five axle spin? But rather, like, what kind of style are you bringing to the competition? Because what's happening right now is that there's not a lot of different in style. Because it's all about the jump. It's all about the axle. And you're actually kind of shit on for having different styles. So if we, like, kind of started to get rid of the axle, then we would get more different styles. And, and, like, it wouldn't be so biased in the point system. And specifically... Women wouldn't be thinking that they're out of contest by the time that they're Ugh. 16. <laughs> because, and also Russian skaters specifically have, like, like people who are out of the game or retired, quote unquote, you know, retired by the age of 20, uh, have talked about um, that they aren't allowed to eat or specifically drink water during the Olympics because it adds to body weight. Ugh. And it's just harder to make turns when your body weighs more. Um, so it's all about keeping yourself as thin as possible to be able to rotate as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I have always noticed that you don't see, um, you really do just kind of see one body type in the sport and it's like as tiny as possible to the point of like, these really are just children and they still look like children but then you add like the makeup and the full costumes and everything and they look a little bit older and I think you kind of can start to um, forget that these are kids that totally. like, have not graduated high school. And and there have been scandals in the past where they've tried to sneak in younger and younger <laughs> athletes. Both Russia, uh, China's done it in the past. Like like 14-year-olds, 13-year-olds. And I mean, I, I could barely be in front of a group of like five people as a 13 year old, let alone in the Olympics in front of not only, you know, the host country who's actually there in person and all the spectators, but then just the international audience. Like I just can't get away from like what this is doing to uh, child athletes uh, on like an emotional and mental level as well. Um, But I agree. If you just bumped that age up, I feel like a lot of well, it just the stuff that feels gross maybe wouldn't. Yeah, come. it just recontextualizes what's possible, right? And I understand that some mm-hmm. people are are just interested in like the feet of humankind, but if it comes at the cost of kids being fed performance enhancing drugs, I think the conversation should be like, what can a twenty year old do on the ice? You know what I mean? And like, right. I'm not saying right. like a consenting right. adult that wouldn't con- yeah. like that wouldn't solve the whole shit that's going on with like how thin can you be to do how many turns which is why i'm also like maybe we should look at like axles and shit but um like how many is actually like allowed um but sure Sure. or wow you hit five but it's the same score as if you hit three i oh incredible right yeah incredible because once again like yeah that's a huge technical feat but there is some physics to it which is the smaller you are the easier it is well, I know, um, I know, like, uh, uh, in the men's program, uh, Chen definitely did, like, some full-on flips. But those, from my memory, at least in the women's program, um, there was an American 
a skater who did a flip during the Olympics several games ago um and it was out yes like you can't do that move you can't do backflips um, because it's too dangerous yeah. is why they said no um which i'm just like well then then it is possible there's a press i remember her she was pretty set. she was pretty badass she like did it even though she knew it was she outlawed because she was like bitch Absolutely. i can do it she's like because i can <laughs> and this is like the height of my yeah. career and i and she also though was i think a little bit older yeah. too and so I don't know. Yeah, you make only excellent points. And I think it's something that there's obviously a larger discussion there that could be had. I think the discussion is and like it's poss- possible to make it that better. coach getting fucking doxxed. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's yeah. just pretty clear that she like all literally all of the Russian girls had a mental breakdown, whether they were placing or not. And, yeah. uh, it was just so hard to watch. Like, and they all have the same it coach. Was. So I think it that's was. just pretty obvious. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, yeah. now, now that we've tackled uh, that, obviously the biggest part of the Winter Olympics, I don't know if I have anything else to say. I mean, obviously, I, I, I enjoyed myself, but I really spent a lot of time watching those poor young girls as the drama <laughs> the drama was right there and it was very hard to yeah. ignore um i did want to quickly highlight two other Please. skaters in the pairs in the pairs competition um della monica and matteo uh okay. uh italian skaters do, during the pairs competition um, call, uh, basically did a piece that was being called, at least where I was watching it, uh, The Italian Stallions. <laughs> and I, it kind of blew my mind just because I realized, like, I feel like skating has changed a lot since, like, when I used to mm-hmm. watch it. Like, I feel like there was a lot of emphasis on, like, beauty and grace and poise. This felt like just like a screwball comedy <laughs> that, like, got put onto Wait, the really? ice. And I... Yes. So let Please. me walk you through it. The the thing that what I'll I'll kind of mark each each part of their routine with is the music choice, which continued time after time to blow me away. The opening of uh, this program that they had put together began with the Rocky theme uh-huh. song. Uh, Guaris was in um, boxer shorts, had boxing gloves on. He was actually out in the stands, like trying to get the <gasps> crowd hyped, and then gets climbs over the side onto what? the ice. Then uh, Monica, his partner, Della Monica, takes the ice. She's in a boxer's robe, has the hood up, has gloves. As it starts off, uh, Guaris is skating around, you know, trying to get like hype. He's flexing. He's doing lots of like strong man poses. Uh, Rocky theme song is playing. And then uh, Della Monica takes off the robe. And Matteo sees that she is hot. Thank God. And immediately, immediately, Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On starts to play. You're kidding. She's being flirtatious with him and, like, skating away from him. He's got the whole, like, awooga, awooga eyes. Like, just losing his mind. Like, following her around. Like, being flirty. Like, can't can't stop looking at her. Can't be away from her. Um... But as the song is playing, they have overlaid a punch sound effect that keeps showing up at different points during their choreography to uh, kind of 
<laughs> add extra emphasis to her pretending <laughs> to punch him. Like she is disarming him with her beauty, but continuing to Yeah, of course. Him. Um, and he's just clearly like not able to even perceive that they're still fighting. She ends up quote unquote knocking him out. He falls to the ice. Then the song changes to Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> uh, they actually end up skating as a couple, but the whole time doing a lot of flexing. Uh, and then at the end, she kisses him on the cheek. And then he goes around the arena, like lapping it, like yelling, I'm number one and doing like all this choreography. And that's, that's the performance. Oh, my God. oh I'm sorry. You mean that's the Oscar winning movie? <laughs> Honestly, it was kind of fantastic because it was so outside of what I usually like think yeah. of when I think of figure skating. Just from like what I saw growing up, I don't remember routines being just like that off the walls and just insane. And so much narrative. Uh, so much narrative. But like, and I didn't honestly love the piece itself. And <laughs> I, I don't remember exactly what they scored or where they fell in the lineup, if they podiumed at all. But um it felt a little disjointed and you'd mentioned like transitions being yeah. part of the score. And I was like, Oh, like transitions from moment to moment. But this was, it sounds like it was more about like transitioning from like bigger moves and, and the, the I think it's between. all, I mean, um, once again, it's a very like, what do you call it? Subjective moment. Uh, yeah. A little open to technically called, I would assume the varied and or intricate footwork positions or movement and holds that link elements. So take take with that what you will. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> well, great. Sounds like the transitions um, were bad. So, yeah, so the transitions weren't my favorite. And it felt like they were waiting for music to change and they almost like kind of slowed down. There wasn't a lot of activity. Huh. And then boom, the new song, Let's Get It On. Like, <laughs> like it, it, right in. And you're just like, oh my gosh, really? Um, they just hammed it up. It looks like they had a good time. They were both laughing by the end of it. And I was like, yeah, I'd be laughing too. I am laughing. <laughs> I can't believe this is real. Catch so, me laughing. Anyway, I'm having a good time. I, I just, that was a today in sports moment. That Amen, like, brother. Wow. That's, that's going to stick with me <laughs> for a minute. What was the so, other one? Had to share. Uh, some other today in sports moments was for me more like um, some success stories that came out I of the Olympics. I would love to hear a, a lot of them are like Team USA, but specifically um, Alana Myers-Taylor earned her fifth Olympic medal, Ooh. making her the most decorated black winter Olympian. Oh my Olympian. God. She's a USA bobsled team member. Yes. Um, she is also the most decorated woman to ever compete in the Olympic bobsled. Wait, really? Um, she's won two, uh, bronze in two events for them. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I remember seeing amazing, her. Amazing for her. Yes, absolutely. She was she kicked ass. Phenomenal. Yeah. And, and those bobsleds are going like almost 80 miles an hour down ice and crazy 100%. turns. 100%. And you have to steer them. The thing that I I think I always kind of struggle with this in sports and the Olympics is the idea of doing one thing really well and therefore mm-hmm. How do I how do I navigate this? Um I learned that a lot of the bobsled experience is all dependent on that first push off and how fast right. you can push the three ton, three ton bobsled um, before you jump into it, which is like hard for me to like 
be super invested in the rest of the sport when it, like, perhaps goes down to how good can you push the sled at the beginning, which is the same reason why (laughs) I I, I am excited for maybe, you know, ice dancing because, like, if... If your figure skating scores only your axles, like, I don't really give a shit. You could do axles all day, and that doesn't look like anything that impressive. Until you do a little dance. Mm -hmm. Do a little emotional dance. Right. Can you weave a a triple axle into a beautiful dance moment and make us, like, one of them? Yeah. But I watched her her uh do her work and she actually i remember the commentators talking about how she's not as good at the push-off um but she's incredibly good at her driving about her um like she's incredibly good at how she navigates the turns and that really excited me yeah which is also wild to be like i'm great at steering when there's almost no friction and you're like (laughs) sure that's what steering is like how (laughs) How can you be good yeah. at that? Like, that sounds like an impossible Truly. thing to do. Yeah. So, uh, huge win for her. I'm sure her family and her friends and whole community are just overjoyed. Um, and then Erin Jackson became the first black woman to win an Olympic speed skating medal um, and took home the gold, which was yes, huge. Bitch. They showed They showed her family. Um, I believe she's from Georgia. Don't quote me on that. But they showed her family, you know, because they've always got cameras yeah. on family back in the States to, like, really get your heartstrings uh, tugged on and and they were losing their minds like just amazing could not believe it um and then last but not least honestly it was all ladies for me Obviously. just ladies doing excellent things um lindsey jacobellis who uh is a snowboarder for team usa 36 years old um she had been to the winter olympics five times and had struggled mightily um, was able to like keep qualifying for the Olympics, but just was having the hardest time meddling mm. um, and definitely like had not won gold. Finally took home two <gasps> golds this winter um, for snowboard cross and then mixed snowboard cross where she was on a team with another um, American uh, male athlete. Um, and it was awesome. Like just clearly like a sweet woman that's been pushing herself for, you know, at this point yeah. decades to try to lock in a gold and finally did it twice in the same games uh, on fake snow. Wait, they were <laughs> sca- they were doing it on so, fake snow? All of the snow. Oh. All of it. Yeah. That yeah, makes yeah. a massive yeah. difference. I don't know for the for the listeners who didn't I mean, um, I'm a Colorado baby. So I feel like I can speak mm-hmm. to this a tiny bit. I'm not like a giant sports in the snow enthusiast. Um, but just from my experience as being a little kid and like skiing and snowboarding, um, fake snow definitely cuts different than like real snow. Like it's slickness and the way that it packs together and the way that it cuts is super different. Mm -hmm. And I will say like overall less ideal, um, not dramatically in my personal experience, but like definitely, um, real snow, like, lets you do the thing you want to do easier overall in terms of, like, how it packs together and how it cuts and how it, like, um, just, like, how it moves and, like, how smooth it is. And so, like, having, like, just the idea of your conditions being so different when you actually hit the Olympics sounds crazy to me. Oh, totally. Yep. 
Yep. And I know um, a lot of like the, the snow-based sports like um, skiing and snowboarding, um, those events, there are like multiple rounds and they're kind of pulling like your best score. Huh. Um, but at the same time, like to have some huge, huge part of your sport be a little bit different uh, would be pretty yeah. terrifying. Like to just be like, well, I'm going to trust that I can still pull off what I think I can pull <laughs> off in just slightly different conditions. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there is definitely some home field advantage, I think. Um, I don't know if like medals would support that, but like you have to feel more confident if you're like, yeah, I was just out at that exact slope a couple months ago, like on those same conditions. Yeah. Um, well, as we talked so, about that, anyway. uh, one, that one, uh, gymnastics, olympics where the fucking um the vault like horse was a whole what it was it like inch or three inches like shorter than it was supposed to be like conditions mean a lot that's a a big big deal well it'd be like oh well the ice is a little bit melted um so good luck (laughs) figure skating on that and you're like um (laughs) excuse me what (laughs) yeah (laughs) We didn't fully freeze it. It's like it's like slush. It's like I'm not I'm not good? in fucking Nickelodeon's wipeout. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm not interested in <laughs> what are you gonna what slime can me? I do in the worst like possible way? Oh, wait, I'm trying to show you me at yeah. my best because I've been killing myself to try to get. Like here, I feel so. like changing the expectations like that. Like even with fake snow, kind of feels like okay, you're gonna be ice skating, but also there's little patches of mud. Sequits. and also spikes and you're like okay like what are we doing (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah just want to do a quick like shout out to some truly badass uh women that just like showed up divided and conquered um made the most of their experience took away some massive hardware and and looked incredible doing it so good job team usa ladies specifically go usa I love you so much. I've loved America always.